Hey everyone, welcome to Launch Codes Football. I'm Chelsea. And I am Chris. And today we will be discussing week 11 of the NFL season. Let's get right into it today with the Bills and Cardinals game. Take it away, Chris. Oh man. So this was a this is a big time game, maybe one of the games of the year. I didn't get to see the whole thing, but I watched it back, but I just happened to watch start watching on the final drive of the game. Naturally. Where, where Kyler Murray just threw an absolute dot and DeAndre Hopkins just made an incredible play. That was honestly one of the greatest plays I think I've seen in my life. Just that is a high standard. He went up and mossed three people at the same time who weren't even playing bad defense. Like they weren't. They were all they did probably everything they could, but Hopkins and Murray, they just I mean, that was just an incredible play. Murray running to his left, throwing with what felt like all he could um, with his right hand. I was just amazed. And also, like, you know, everybody's talking about Kyler Murray with this game, but I also want to talk about, like, with Josh Allen. He played well enough to win this game, even though, like, he had two interceptions. That final drive, like, they they did their job. They did, I felt like, what they needed to to win. But in the end, Arizona just made the, the better play. Um I think one of the interesting things is that um, for the Bills it, that you can look at with this game is that their receivers looked pretty good. Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley both look good. Um, Guess who benched Cole Beasley this week? Oh, rip. Rip your fantasy Only 17 team. points I missed out on. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I I think just overall, like um, Stephon Diggs is playing really well this season. <laughs> he had the... The thing at the end where he scored what we thought was going to be the game winner. And he said, this is why they pay me. And then DeAndre Yikes. Hopkins decided to um, erase that highlight. I mean, no offense to Stephon Diggs. He made an incredible catch too. Probably was going to be the catch of the night. Um, diving catch, running to his left. Incre- incredible throw, incredible catch. Like I still think like this was a, a good game by the Bills, even with the two interceptions. Um, DeAndre uh, Hopkins said, this is why Bill O'Brien traded me. Oh, wait. Oh, man. You know if you're a Texans fan right now. Texans fans were crying at that game. The memes on Twitter were just chef's kiss. (laughs) I can imagine because that's just, that's a whole nother topic. But honestly, we can't get into that. We don't have time for that today. (laughs) That's a whole show show's worth of, of a segment. But I that think overall, um, I think the Bills can still bounce back from this game. Um, I think that they can still get some wins off and probably win their division and even go far in the playoffs. So we'll see. Another side note is that Kenyon Drake returned to this game. He yes, had he did. 16 carries for 100 yards and a reception for nine. That's a good game after your first game back from injury. So I think there's a lot of bright side for the Cardinals coming off of this game obviously they won with an incredible play but I think this was more than just that I think that they can take this win and potentially do some big things later on this year so see the Cardinals confuse me because they go out they beat the Seahawks right they go out they beat the Bills and then they lose to the Panthers they lose to bad teams but they go out and they beat really good teams so I don't really know how to feel about them 
Like they kind of remind me of Philip Rivers. Like they're either really good or they're really bad. But if they're mediocre, they're good enough. You know, yeah. I just, I think that they're a good team and I think that they're talented. And I think that Kyler Murray, you know, is really good. And obviously DeAndre is good. This has already been proven years ago. I just, I don't know. It's like against good opponents, they play good. Against bad opponents, they don't play good. And against mediocre opponents, they don't play good. So this team could either be out in their first playoff game or could make it to the Super Bowl. I don't really know how to feel about them. I don't either, but I guess we'll just have to see what happens. But um, the next game we have, um, Chelsea, if you want to take it away. Sure thing. So first game I'm going to headline was Baltimore at New England. My headline is the Patriots find their identity in a huge win in the rain. So they won by a score of 23 to 17, and they really relied on the running game and short slash screen passes. Cam Newton did not really throw the ball down the field that much. If he did, it was intermediate passes. We didn't really see any long passes from him this game, and that worked for them. So this might be the strategy that they roll with for the rest of the season, at least for the Patriots. Uh, Damian Harris had a breakout game in terrible weather, 22 carries for 122 yards. That's a really, really good game in conditions that produce a lot of fumbles. So shout out to Damian Harris for playing really well. And then Rex Burkhead, six carries, 31 yards and a touchdown. Cam Newton, 11 carries, 21 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, that's 150 plus rushing yards for the Patriots in the rain. And they beat one of the arguably best teams in the AFC by, you know, employing that strategy. So I think that this could really work for the Patriots in upcoming weeks. And then, of course, we got to talk about Jacoby Myers, right? The ex-quarterback turned receiver who has an established connection with Cam Newton at this point. Five receptions for 59 mm. yards. He was the receiver I think Cam Newton threw his longer passes to. Like, if he was going to throw it intermediate down the field, it was going to be Jacoby Myers. They mm. have a rapport now. So that's good. Cam Newton found a guy he's comfortable with. And then he had – one pass for 24 yards and a touchdown because, like I said, Jacoby Myers, he was a quarterback in high school. And they are utilizing that to the best of their ability. And he went out and he chucked that thing down the field and he got a touchdown. So shout out to Jacoby Myers for playing a really good game. I was impressed that the Patriots won this game. I thought the Patriots were going to get wiped by the Ravens. But the Ravens are beatable. Lamar yeah. Jackson is not a secret anymore. Lamar Jackson they that people teams in the NFL they have Lamar Jackson's number now. If you can keep Lamar Jackson from running outside the pocket and towards the edges of the field, you can beat the Ravens. Not that Lamar Jackson isn't a bad passer, he's obviously proven otherwise. He is a good passer, but how much better is he when he can also run, right? So you put it all on his shoulders to pass and he has proven in big games that he inevitably makes mistakes. So the page or the Ravens they I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them juggernauts anymore. Their defense has been eh. Lamar Jackson, if you shut down the run game, especially with Ingram and Dobbins, who didn't really do anything, eh. And then the passing game, I and mean, their receivers have not been good this year mm. at all. Like, I have Marquise Brown on my fantasy team. Literally, I think the most points he's gotten this year was like eight. And he's mm. supposed to be their wide receiver one. Willie Sneed had two touchdowns, so he had a good game, but he can't carry them to a Super Bowl. Willie Sneed's not going to carry the Ravens to the Super Bowl. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. And the, I'm, I don't know, you know, beginning of the season, last season, the Ravens looked like they could play with anyone. 
and I think they still can, and they look like they could beat anyone, but I don't know if they could go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers. I don't know if they could go into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. You know, I don't know if they could do that. So it'll be interesting to see the progression of them the rest of the year because I think they've been exposed. So we will see. It would not surprise me if they didn't even make it to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, I mean, I, I personally picked New England to have a bounce back game. I thought after beating the Jets that yeah. they could beat the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a good team, but I think they are definitely beatable. Um, as we've seen through the past couple of games, even Indianapolis putting up a decent game against them. And, um, you know, they did lose to the Steelers, which in fairness, wasn't a terrible loss, but I think a lot of people felt like the way that Jackson was playing in that game, like he had a very rough game against the Steelers. And now I, now understandably this game, it was pouring rain personally it was, it was terrible i mean it was so bad you couldn't barely see the game on tv on tv <laughs> it was bad and so i think that but i don't really count that as much of an excuse for either of these two teams because both of them have to deal with the with the weather conditions and i think Baltimore the ravens plays in the snow all the time and also like the ravens are in a lot of ways a running team not all the time i think they can pass the ball and, but I think a lot of their offense comes from running and so does New England. So I don't really count the rain as much of an excuse. I think there were a couple bad snaps that really cost Baltimore yeah, a lot. Yeah, for sure. A, their center was struggling. Yeah, which I mean, it's understandable. It's pouring rain. But also, like I said, I think that both teams had to deal with it. So it wasn't really advantage either way for either of these teams because while Cam, I think, has thrown the ball um, decently well this year, you know, they're not really a passing team, New England. So, um, yeah, I think Baltimore, though, you're right. They're definitely beatable. And who knows? Maybe they're still feeling it from the loss from last year to Tennessee. Like, they're maybe they're just in such a mode that they want to make up for it that, you know, who knows? But we'll have to see as the season goes on what happens with them. That's definitely true. And, I mean, Cam Newton, he needed a game in which he could close out a game. And he mm -hmm. got it against Baltimore, who a lot of people picked to make to the Super Bowl before the season started. So Cam Newton, he's not done, but he's not the same either. He's definitely not the same as he was in 2015. But I do still think that he's good enough to command an offense. And I do think that he can take a team to a Super Bowl. If he had a better team around them, I think that they could make it deep into the playoffs but I mean half their team opted out so I don't think that they'll make it but he he is down but not out he's not the same but he's not done so don't count Cam Newton out he is still trying his best to win games and I mean he you know won't beat Baltimore at home so he's he's definitely not done yet I agree um so the next game that I would like to cover here is the Vikings at Chicago. So this was an interesting Shy game. Down. Um, Bears, in my opinion, really needed to win this one. They have now lost five in a row. They went from five and zero oh to losing five in a row. And I mean, now um, I just think with this game, it still shows yet again their problems on offense. They got a few things going for them on special teams and 
and a few nice passes from Nick Foles at some points in the game, but overall and Allen Robinson. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, nice. And yeah, it seems like Allen Robinson is the one who can catch on the team, but I just look at the bears and I just don't know if they're a playoff team. I have trouble believing that right now. They have a bye week this week, so maybe they'll have some time to, you know, get healed up and get refocused. But I will give this credit to the to Minnesota because I mean they played well. They've been winning the past couple of games, um, even th- today um, or in last night's game. Dalvin Cook had 30 carries for 96 yards. It's not like I mean he had a good game, but it wasn't like he was blowing up like against Green Bay or others. So the bears defense was able to do a good job on them and kept the game close. The game has was in within one score, but I think overall um, it's just, it's not completely Nick Foles' fault. I don't, I don't believe that, but there is something that's just bothering their offense. I'd love to look into their film and just see what's going on. Like what's the problem here? I mean, Matt Nagy not too long ago was coach of the year. And now it feels like every Chicago fan wants him fired. It's like, how does that change in two years? How does what happened? And I would really like to see what's going to happen with them in the future. You know, are they going to be able to correct their offense? Are the Bears just cursed on offense and will just never be good on offense? I don't know, but um, props to Minnesota. They played a good game. Kirk Cousins completed 25 of 36 passes, two TDs, one interception. And I mean, he looked good, especially against that Bears defense, that's a good game in my opinion. So, yeah. Last time the Bears offense was good was when they had Rex Grossman and lost to the Colts in the Super Bowl. So, were they even really that good? I don't know. They had Devin Hester. (laughs) Don't remind me. That guy, he haunts my dreams. Their offense, I don't know. Allen Robinson, 10 out of 10. Top 10 receiver. Nick Foles, it's mediocre. Their running game doesn't exist. That might be a problem. Also, their line is not that good. But, like, remember a few years ago when they had Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen and they literally got 150 rushing yards every game? Mm. And now Tariq Cohen, I'm pretty sure, got put on IR and Jordan Howard doesn't even play for them anymore. So, I mean, I think they got, what, David Montgomery, who's not a bad back. I just – maybe it's just their line. I don't know. I mean, their defense is stellar. If they had a good offense, they'd probably be Super Bowl contenders because the Bears are a top five defense easily. So, I mean, if they had a good offense, you know, people will probably be picking them to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think they will. I just don't think their offense can keep up with the Pittsburghs and the Kansas Cities and the Seattles of the world. But it's going to be, it's going to really hurt Bears fans if this year ends and like half their defense leaves and then they're bad on both sides. That would really hurt. Maybe they just need a new quarterback. Like, not a knock against Nick Foles. Like, we've seen what Nick Foles is capable of in the right system. We saw what he did in Philadelphia. No, we saw what he is capable of doing in Chicago. I just – he's not a superstar, you know. He's not a Russell Wilson. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Ben Roethlisberger, you know. He's not a Tua. You know, he's not any of those guys. So, maybe they just need to blow up the offense outside of Cole Komet and Allen Robinson and just start over completely Mm -hmm. because I think that those two are solid. But really, anyone outside of that is kind of mediocre at best at least the way they're playing. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. 
well, I mean, you'd have to take a deeper dive into seeing like what exactly is going wrong with them. But I think, yeah, I mean, overall, the end result is no matter all the things you can say, all the excuses you can make, in my opinion, are points being put up on the board. If they're not, then I mean, in the end, that's what most it matters. It doesn't even matter. Exactly. <laughs> so I just, I think overall the Bears really going to have to find a way to start clicking on offense if they want to be competitive and make the playoffs this year. But they have a bye week, so at least they'll have some time to rest up. Um, hopefully Nick Foles gets better after that um, bad injury. But apparently, even though he was carted off, apparently it was told that he it's not quite as bad as it looked so that's a good thing that's to good know. um but yeah our next game we got here chelsea take it away all right so next game i'm going to be going over it's probably not one you guys would expect me to go over but i'm going to go over denver and las vegas so you're thinking to yourselves denver and las vegas who wants to talk about the broncos and the raiders i do I want to talk about them. Fair enough. Talk about them, we will. So, the Raiders are a playoff caliber, legit team. They are six and three. They are right in the thick of the playoff race, and they are behind only the Chiefs in their division. They're better than the Chargers. They're better than everyone else that's in that general area. My headline I wrote is the playoffs are legit, and Drew Locke is not. So sorry, people who thought Drew Locke would win MVP in the in the preseason. But Las Vegas took on Denver at home, went and got a victory, 37 to 12. Yes, the Raiders dropped 37 points. The Raiders usually drop like 13 points. So this is shocking to me. Derek Carr, he played decent. You know, he didn't have a stellar game. I mean, he was 16 to 25 for 154 yards. Didn't have any touchdowns, didn't have any interceptions, you know, didn't score a touchdown, but didn't make any major mistakes. So he didn't hurt his team too badly. But the the big story is the two-headed running monster of Josh Jacobs and Booker. It's just astonishing. Josh Jacobs had 21 carries for 112 yards and two touchdowns. Booker had 16 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns. That is a big reason as to why Las Vegas is going and putting up 30-plus points in this game. I mean, they had 200 rushing yards and four touchdowns between two guys. That's pretty crazy. I mean, when they picked up Booker from, I think it was the Broncos, I don't think anyone thought that Booker would have any kind of role with the Raiders because Josh Jacobs was just so good, right? You just didn't think. But, I mean, this one-two punch of Jacobs and Booker is might very well be the best one-two punch of running backs in the whole league. Like they were very, very good, especially in this game. Uh, looking at Drew L- Drew Locke, Drew Locke is just plain bad. 23, 47, 257 yards, one touchdown, four picks, two sacks, a 27.9 QBR, and a 37.3 rating. Yikes. That is pretty bad. And everyone was like, oh, Drew Locke, he's playing badly because he's injured. And, you know, he was out a few games and now he's healthy and I'm happy. But he's healthy and he went out and threw four interceptions and didn't even have a 50% completion ratio. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't think he's good. I don't think he's the Broncos answer. I think he 
had the opportunity to be. I mean, he got every opportunity in the world, but I mean, you're playing the Raiders. It's not like the Raiders are known for having a good defense. You go out and throw four interceptions. I mean, come on, man. Raiders defense gets five turnovers, four lock picks. Jeff Heath had two. Carl Nassib had one. And this guy's last name is very hard. And I'm so sorry if you hear this podcast and I butcher it. But his name is Nick like Kowalski, I think. And he had one interception too. And then um, the Broncos wide receiver, Deshaun, had a fumble on a, on a pass play. So, I mean, you really couldn't play any worse football than Denver played against Las Vegas. And I mean, when people think of playoff caliber teams, people don't think of Las Vegas. You know, they think of the Steelers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Titans, you know, all of those teams. No one is really talking about Las Vegas. They're kind of like the Colts right now. No one's really talking about the Colts. No one's talking about the Raiders even less than the people who are talking about the Colts. I don't even know if people know this game happened, but they absolutely went out and destroyed Denver. It was bad. And personally, I was very impressed, especially with the running backs. I mean, they just went off. And, you know, Denver, they have some good pieces. You know, they have Jerry Judy went out and drafted him. He had 60-ish yards in this game, so he had a good game, you know. They, they have Drew Locke, who's supposed to be at least halfway decent. I don't know if people are going to think that after this game, throwing four interceptions. I mean, his QBR was 27.9. You don't really see a QBR worse than that in the league for a starter. Let's just be honest. So, I mean, I think that the Raiders have a real shot of making it to the playoffs. If they keep winning, because there are like four teams at six and three right now. So they very well may be a team that looks good and doesn't make it. That may be the case. But I think they have a real shot at making the playoffs, and I don't know if they would go deep. Probably not. But I don't think anyone picked the Raiders this season to be 6-3 and three and make it to the playoffs in a stacked AFC conference. So, I mean, I was impressed. Just looking at the stats, especially with the running backs. I mean, any most teams would give up an arm and a leg for two running backs with – almost or over 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. I mean, you don't see very many teams in the league per week scoring four rushing touchdowns. I mean, if a quarterback gets four passing touchdowns, that's like a stellar week, let alone if running backs get four. So I was just very impressed. It'll be interesting to see if they end up making the playoffs or not. Because I think that they could. I just don't know how how deep they'd get. But in conclusion, Denver, I'm sorry. You're just bad. I don't think Drew Locke is the answer. Keep Jerry Judy and start over on offense because it's looking rough right now. You just got blown out by the Raiders, who are led by John Gruden. So take that as you will. Uh, Honestly, Denver, it seems like it's just a rough situation over there. I think um, Drew Locke, uh, I mean, four INTs and two sacks like that's just not going to cut it and I imagine he's telling himself that he knows that it's not acceptable um I'd like to see how the season ends for him um and because because if he plays really well at the end of the year the question for Denver is 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 he worth keeping I know he's a rookie in what his second year Um, yeah he's only been in the league a few years I think last year was his first season yeah and so I know we can't expect rookies to be good immediately, but this is not a great start and not a great sign. So we'll just have to see. I mean, on one hand, though, 
the Raiders getting five turnovers that that's a huge deal for them. So, you know, props to them for getting that. And we'll see where that defense can take them. They play the chiefs this weekend uh, in prime time. So that'll be an interesting game. I still think the chiefs are going to probably win the division by like two or three wins at least, but, but the Raiders have beaten the chiefs once this year. So like, yep. And I mean, honestly, you got to wonder crowds aren't as packed into NFL games as they were is home field advantage as big of a deal as it once was. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see some more upset wins at at home for different teams or wherever they play. So I think overall though, we look at this game and yeah, I mean, five turnovers for a team is not acceptable. And John Elway of the Denver, Denver Broncos really got to be thinking about the future here and what he wants to do with this team because right now it's not working and I know they're still rebuilding but this is not a great sign of your rebuild so we'll have to see what the future holds. Let's just take a moment and acknowledge the fact that there were multiple people in the preseason who picked Drew Locke to win MVP. Drew Locke. I I get he had a second half a good last few games of his rookie season and I get that he balled out but there were like actual NFL commentators and ex-NFL players who picked him to win MVP with like four games of experience did anyone honestly believe them because I didn't like I thought he was good I don't think he's as good now but I think we can definitely say that he's not going to win MVP if we're going to definitively say anything that's we love bold takes, don't we? This is why I love the oh, Twitter account yeah. Freezing Cold Takes because it just one. makes for some great. It makes me laugh, honestly. It makes me smile. So, um, speaking of bold takes, oh man, I think it's time for our guest contributor segment. All right, here we go. I'm sure you have seen what my person told me to write down. So here's what we got this week, folks. Today, our segment and our statement, our bold hot take is DeAndre Hopkins is unarguably the best receiver in the NFL in comparison to everyone else. He's got it unarguably. His stats this year, 861 yards, four touchdowns, and 95.7 yards per game. My contact argued that some of the reasons outside of his stats that he is the best is because he has the best hands. He makes pretty much everything that's thrown at him. He's the most clutch as seen on Sunday and the most reliable. He can always be counted on to come up in a big moment or a small moment. Now, I know people are going to see that and they're going to go, no way is Hopkins the best receiver in the NFL. Devontae Adams is. And Devontae Adams is very good. You know, he's got 741 yards, nine touchdowns, and 105.86 yards per game. People will go, no, no, no. He's not the best. Julio Jones is the best. He's got 638 yards, three touchdowns, and a 91.14 yard per game percentage. Some people will even go as far and say, no, no, no. None of those guys are the best. Obviously, the best is DK Metcalf, who has 816 yards, eight touchdowns, and 90.67 yards per game. Now, looking at all of those things, 
I personally am looking at Metcalf and Adams. They both have more touchdowns. And Adam, Metcalf almost has as many yards as Hopkins. But the hot take is that Hopkins is unarguably the best receiver in the NFL. So what do you think about that, Chris? Oh, man. He's speechless. Because, you know, I love how this hot take happens to come up right after this weekend, which probably spurred the take itself. Okay, so here's the thing. I think DeAndre Hopkins is in the conversation and he's up there. I think it's hard to say unarguably only because, I mean, you look at some of these other guys like DK Metcalf is having a heck of a year. He didn't have a great, great game this past week. So it has shown that he can be stopped, but that, that can be a whole set of factors of impacting his performance. Um, Devonte Adams. I think he's a very good receiver. I do think a lot of his touchdowns have seemed to come from the past couple games. Um, I also especially. think he's inconsistent. He was injured, and some days he just doesn't show up. Hmm. The offense is way different without him, but there have been quite a few games that he has not been in this year, yet he still has those numbers. So, yeah. I mean, you can argue it either way. And so I think with – I think it's hard to say unarguably – because I think this year it might be between Hopkins and Metcalf. I think Julio Jones is fantastic. I think he's no disrespect meant towards him. I think this year it's just his team is just not very good. And I think they ha still have a decent offense, but I just don't think they've been that good. And Julio has missed some games. But as far as for what I'm thinking right now between Metcalf and Hopkins, Hopkins beats him by yards. I guess if you take, I mean, Metcalf and Hopkins would have about the same amount of yards if you didn't include the big Hail Mary catch, which I'm not saying you should completely exclude that. I'm just talking about for these stats. Um, good I think, point. yeah. And so they'd have about the same amount of yards. Metcalf has had more touchdowns, but I think overall he's in a very good offensive system. He's got an incredible quarterback thrown to him. Metcalf is also just, he's a huge, he's a grown man. And he is out there destroying defensive backs, making tackles and safeties. And that a few of Metcalf's touchdowns have been very short. He'll like get the ball on mm -hmm. the five yard line and score. Yeah. I haven't seen any Hail Marys from DK Metcalf, though I'm sure if Russell threw it, I'm, I don't think anyone could catch it over DK Metcalf. But I know a few of his touchdowns have come in short yardage situations, which obviously, you know, doesn't take away the fact that he scored touchdowns. But mm -hmm. I, I think, though, that I think Seattle uses DK. Hmm, I don't know. This one's a tough one. I don't think it's unarguably the case. I don't think he's unarguably the best receiver, but I think, I mean, what more, I mean, there's a lot of people that say, well, what more proof do you need than Sunday? One of the clutchest catches you'll ever see hail Mary Moss, three people. I literally started the show praising his catch because I mean, that was incredible. That's one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. That was and Aaron Rodgers esque. Exactly. And so on one hand, I can really see Hopkins has been clutch. I mean, 
honestly, the Cardinals needed to win that game and he stepped up and made the big catch and didn't even bobble. It just, it was just, it, once it was in his it hands, was that, was it. Exactly. that was it. Exactly. It was over. Um, it wasn't even questionable if he caught it or not. I mean, he made that thing clean. DK, I think he's overall, um, he's been good. He has had a couple games where he hasn't looked the best. Um, like like last week and a couple weeks ago, he's had some off games. Um, that doesn't automatically discount him. So I can honestly see the argument for both. I don't agree it's unarguable, though. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I think that it's between Hopkins and Metcalf. And, like, I want to give Adams more credit because he is doing big things. But, I mean, I don't know. He's the best receiver on the team. Everyone else on the Packers is a bunch of nobodies. Most of them don't even make their catches. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to target him, like, 12 times a game. When you look at the Cardinals' offense, they have Hopkins as their wide receiver number one. And who else do they have? They have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. I mean, they have Mm -hmm. I agree. two wide receiver twos, essentially, and Hopkins. And he still has that amount of yards and that amount of touchdowns in that crazily potent offense. I I mean, I think you can say the same thing for Metcalf. I mean, you have Lockett he is competing with. You got like five running backs that they all run at the same time who just eat up touchdowns and then you got a couple other guys on there too so I mean it's not like these guys are the only people in their offense that are scoring you know Mm -hmm. I agree like I will give Valdez Scantling of the Packers credit he had like 179 yards and a touchdown or two in his game on Sunday but about 80 of them came off of one catch which, again, doesn't discredit it. Like, that's a really good catch and a really good score. But if I'm playing the Packers, like the Colts, they play the Packers this week, right? If I was Frank Reich, I would double-team Devontae Adams every play, and I would make the rest of the nobodies score all the touchdowns. Because Devontae Adams is the most potent thing there. If I'm the Colts and I'm playing the Cardinals, I mean, I can try to double-team Hopkins, But, I mean, they have, like, four other people on their team who can play almost the same level as him, if not just below. Not obviously the same level. Like, they can play really high. So, I mean, I think it's way more risky to double Hopkins and not double than double Adams. Because, I mean, you look at the wide receiver depth of the Packers, it's not all that impressive. So, I I mean, I don't think their offense is as potent. And a lot of their yards comes from Aaron Jones anyways. But... I don't know. I think Devontae Adams is very good. I think that he has his yards per game and his touchdowns because he's the most obvious receiving threat on the team. I don't think you have that issue with the Cardinals, and I don't think you have that issue with the Seahawks. I think they're very diverse. I don't think the Packers have that to their advantage. So that's why I'd say that Adams isn't. And then, I mean, Julio is always good. You know, He always seems to have a ton of yards and not a lot of touchdowns, which I don't understand. Maybe it's just because he gets doubled in the end zone. I don't know. But, yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's unarguably. I think it's between Hopkins and Metcalf. But if you're going to ask me who's the best based off of this season after this week, I would say Hopkins just based off of his game on Sunday because Metcalf did nothing. But I don't think it's unarguable. Yeah, I agree. It's amazing Metcalf slipped down to as low as he did. But Crazy. um, He should have gone in, like, the top ten, dude. 
It's crazy stuff. And it's crazy that DeAndre was traded. But yet again, we don't have time for that. Topic. We love Bill O'Brien. Um, so next section we have here, we'll just cover some more games we found interesting. Uh, Chelsea, I'm going to let you take this one first because um, you got a good one. And I think you're happy with this one. So I'll let I you am. have at it. All right. Colts at Titans this week, folks. I said that the Colts would win this game. Not because I was biased, but because I genuinely thought the Colts were a better team than the Titans. And this was proven to be true. The Colts are legit. They beat a playoff caliber team with a good defense and a good offense, not just a good defense like the Bears. They finally beat a good team. Naheem Hines is certified good. If anyone tries to say that he is overrated, they are overrated. They are wrong. Naheem Hines, 12 carries, 70 yards, touchdown. Five receptions, 45 yards, touchdown. And he's not even the starter. He's literally the backup. He may end up starting after this game, let's be honest. Come on, Jonathan Taylor, don't bust on me. Please don't bust on me. But, yeah, Naheem Hines is good. Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr., our second-round pick in this year's draft, had his breakout game of the year. He had a compartmentalized leg operation done earlier in the league earlier in the year missing games came back he had seven catches 101 yards and one rush for 21 yards so he had about 130 yards combined in his breakout game which is really good for a rookie especially playing against you know a team like the titans who are not pushovers uh, rivers you know he posted decent numbers he was 29 of 39 for 308 yards and a touchdown so it has been proven that the colts can win games against good teams with mediocre numbers from Philip Rivers. So imagine if Philip Rivers threw four touchdowns. We could probably beat anyone, but I don't think he's going to do that. As long as he doesn't fumble it or get an interception or two or three or six like he has done in the past, rip me. I, I do think that we can play with anyone. I mean, he had a good completion percentage and he spread the ball around to everyone. It wasn't just a couple of guys who were getting touches. It was pretty much everyone. So I mean, he has proven that he can play mediocre, at least touchdown-wise, and still win games. And that is important. That is big for our playoff hopes. Uh, and then feel-good moment of the game. If you know anything about the Colts, you know that And when Andrew Luck retired, Jacoby Brissett, who we traded for for the Patriots, became our starter, played really well in his first few games, sustained a pretty bad knee injury, and really didn't play the same after that. Right. And then the Colts, they went out and they picked up Philip Rivers in free agency for a year. And Brissett was essentially done. Right. He wasn't going to start, but they put him in on the one yard line and they had him truck his way into the end zone. And he got his first touchdown of the year. And that was just heartwarming because even though he is not the best quarterback and even though he is not starting, he is the heart of this team. He's a guy that a lot of the young guys look up to. He is a guy who's a leader and a mentor. And to just see his giant smile on his face about how he scored his touchdown was honestly heartwarming. You could just see how happy Philip Rivers was for him and Frank Reich and the whole team. They're all like, yeah, Jacoby. And he was so happy. And that was the only snap he got all game. But he was completely content with it. And so was I. It really warmed my heart. Um, in the loss, Derrick Henry was still Derrick Henry. You know, you can't shut Derrick Henry down. If you do, you're very good. 19 carries, 103 yards, which is honestly, that's a pretty good defensive game against Derrick Henry. Considering a couple weeks ago, he <laughs> had like 200 rushing yards and three touchdowns. It's ridiculous. So that's pretty good for the Colts. 
Tannehill also didn't play terrible. 15 to 27, 147 yards and a touchdown. So it's not like their offense made any major mistakes that our defense capitalized on. I will say our defense got pinned for some really dumb penalties in this game. There was one on Darius Leonard. They called roughing and it literally was not roughing and it sustained a drive and all the fans on Reddit were like, you gotta be kidding me. Reddit stays angry. If you want to be angry about your football team on Sunday, just get on the Reddit thread. You'll be angry with the rest of them. (laughs) And then I think one of the biggest storylines for the Titans in this game was A.J. Brown. First quarter, Tannehill lofted a perfect pass right over our corner or our safety or whoever was covering him. And A.J. Brown had a step or two on him. So it would have been like a 50-yard touchdown. And he straight up dropped it. And honestly, I think that killed the Titans' momentum. I don't think it killed all their momentum, but he you could just tell he was beating up on himself that whole game because of that catch. And then he dropped another one. He dropped another catch, and then he dropped another one, which if you know anything about A.J. Brown, that is not very A.J. Brown-esque. Mm-hmm. You know, normally he's the kind of guy to go up and moss people and make contested catches. And the fact that he dropped three balls, that was very atypical for him. So the Colts caught a break there. Because that definitely would have been a touchdown if he had scored that. But I watched that. I was like, how did he drop that? Normally, you know, if he goes off, he has 188, 180 yards a game, two touchdowns. Like, he's very good. But I was surprised at that. But I don't think that storyline was bigger than the Titans special team woes. That was terrible. That should have hurt all NFL teams. And honestly, I'm sure Pat McAfee had something to say about it. And I still haven't checked. So I definitely need to go see what he said about that game. Definitely. He had to have something. The Titans special teams, their punter shanked a punt 30 yards, which turned into a Colts touchdown. We blocked a punt, which we returned for a touchdown. And Goskowski missed like a 30-yard field goal. That's a bad special teams day. That is real bad. Side note, is Goskowski washed now? I don't know. He's missed like six field goals this year. Honestly, it kind of makes me sad because the amount of times that Goskowski has killed my Colts heart in the playoffs is, you know, as many as the grains of sand on the seashore that Goskowski has hurt my Colts heart. But it kind of reminds me of Adam Vinatieri last year because Adam Vinatieri started out the year okay and then just declined. He missed like four or five kicks. By the end of the year, he had missed like seven kicks that could have won the Colts like three games. So... I'm wondering mm. if Goskowski's kind of taking the same route now, which is mm. sad because he was really good. I mean, he was the second best kicker behind Vinatieri, in my opinion. So, I mean, the fact that he's not playing like we've seen him play for literally the last 20 years on the Patriots is kind of sad. Like, I don't like seeing players decline just out of nowhere, even if it, they're on a team I don't like. You know, I'd rather not see them do that. But the fact that he did would not surprise me if he got let go before the season ended, especially if he misses more kicks. But Colts defense didn't have any turnovers, but held a really good offense in check to under 20 points without forcing any turnovers. The fact that the Colts held the Titans to under 20 without any turnovers is very important because, again, it proves that the Colts have the ability to beat good teams without those teams making offensive mistakes. So that's very important for our playoff run. And then the Colts didn't punt until the fourth quarter, which having lived through the 
backup saga of quarterbacks after Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and the amount of times that we punted, the fact that we didn't punt until the fourth quarter, that just made me so happy because I have seen so many punts in the last few years and I love not punting. That is what I have to say about that. So go Colts. They're legit now. And if you don't think so, which I know a couple of people who don't think they're legit still, I'm just like, how do you think this? But I do think they're legit. I will say this upcoming game is very big. We're playing the Packers at home on national TV. Guys, three nationally televised games in a row. My out-of-state heart is screeching. Do you know how many nationalized games, nationally televised games I get per year? Four. You know how many I'm getting this year? Like six. I'm really living my best life. But yeah, big game next week against the Packers. That'll be a good one. If the Colts defense can shut down Aaron Rodgers, they are verified legit if they aren't already. Because stats-wise, the Colts defense is the number one in the league, if you look it up. And if you think they're not number one, they're at least arguably in the top three. But it's going to be up to the offense on Sunday, I think. And the Packers defense, is they don't have a good defense. So they're very beatable. But if Aaron Rodgers goes off for like four touchdowns, we're obviously not going to win. So that'll be interesting, but it was a very good and promising game for the Colts. No turnovers. Phillip Rivers played eh. Defense didn't get any turnovers. Still played good. I just feel bad for Titans fans and their special teams. I'm sorry. I understand. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, just look up the worst special teams play in NFL history. <laughs> the Colts play will come oh up. So trust goodness. me that I know what it's like to have a rough day on special teams. Just oh trust my. me. One of the greatest things I think I've ever seen. One of the worst things I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Do you know how much flack I put up for the next week because of that play for being the one Colts fan people knew? Everyone came to me. They were like, ha, you suck. I was like, thank you. I They're know. just like, what was that? You're like, I'm not the coach. I don't know. What was that? I'm just like, I don't know, but I hope I never see it again. <laughs> That's what I think it was. Oh, man. Oh, what? well, I do believe you. I think the Colts are legit if they can hold Rodgers down to not a fantastic game of four touchdowns and can stay within, you know, one one score. I think they could potentially win the game. So it'll be a good one for sure. Yeah. Um, so the game I wanted to talk about briefly was the 49ers at Saints. Um, this one, I mean, not really the I don't think the game itself was that great, but more the stories coming out of this game are really interesting to me. So the Saints won. They won by 14. And so, but you look at this game, the big story out of this is the Saints lost Drew Brees to injury, not for the no. year, but he suffered multiple rib fractures and a collapsed lung. A um, collapsed lung. Goodness gracious. That is rough. I found a source that talked about when his potential return would be. It says, source on Breeze says the most optimistic recovery time would be two to three weeks. Emphasis on optimistic. Um, will depend on healing time, which varies by patient and when they're convinced he can take a hit without risk of serious re-injury. Do forgive me. I forget exactly where this came from, but if you look it up, It'll be right there. And that's basically the best we've got here. So two to three weeks is the most optimistic injury return time for Drew Brees. Um, that's rough. 
I think for the Saints, you know, I still here's the thing. Some people might say, oh, they don't have Drew Brees. It might be over. I do not believe that because I think the Saints defense is good enough to win games without a great offense. They're a tough and good defense. You saw what they did to Tampa. They dismantled them not once, but twice. And twice. both times on national TV, one on the big Sunday night football game, holding them to just three points. I think the Saints defense is legit. I think that they can win games without, uh, you know, they don't need a Kansas City offense to win a game. They can hold teams to low scores and they're very good at running the ball. Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, both two good running backs. I remember Kamara is the big guy that everyone talks about and in fairness, he's legit. He's one of the best running backs in the league. He had two touchdowns yesterday. He can carry an offense if needed. Uh, but Latavius Murray, people forget when Kamara went out not too long ago, a couple of years ago, um, Latavius Murray came in and played well. So I don't think that they'll. it'll be a long-term solution. I think eventually they will need Breeze back. But... Uh, I do think, though, they can still win games by defense and running the ball and passing every once in a while when they need to to a Michael Thomas or Jared Cook. Um, I think they can still win their games this way. Um, I think that if you want to look at this game specifically, though, somewhere they've got to clean up. Now, both of the special teams looked rough in this game. For both teams, they looked bad. There were fumbles, turnovers, all this stuff. But... um, I think the Saints will have to clean that stuff up because if they're going to win these games, they got to be sharp. You can't special teams. I feel it's like I feel as if gets very much overlooked on how important a good special teams is because if you have as I was talking about, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm not meaning to hit on this a lot, but it does seem like this game just had a lot of fumbles and stuff and the Saints are going to have to get that cleaned up if they want to win the um, go far in the playoffs. And who knows how long they'll be without Breeze. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So I think overall, they can still win. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I think Sean Payton is going to announce that. If they start Taysom Hill, the NFL will explode. Just saying. I think Jameis, you know what I could honestly see them doing? I don't know if they'll do it, but I could see a little bit of a dual quarterback tandem between Winston and Hill. I don't think Hill is the best passer. I think overall, Jameis is a better passer. I think Hill can pass when he needs to. But I think you could honestly see Jameis and Hill doing just a lot of different things. Maybe Hill can be your goal line quarterback, you know, your guy that you want, you know, in the red zone so you can potentially sneak or make people think that you're going to run the ball, different things like that, while Jameis can be your between-the-20s guy. Um, the Saints could implement an offense like that, you know, so we'll see. I mean, I know to some people, they think that that's how to desync your offense 101. I don't really think that would do that. I think if they can practice and run the plays well enough, they could pull off something like that. And it would be hard for defenses to know what's coming. Think about it. You've got, um, I mean, yeah, on one hand, you might think, okay, Jameis will probably, is probably throwing here, he's in, but I mean, then they hand it off to Kamara, but then you've got Hill back there, and they're like, well, he'll probably run, but then he throws the ball. You, there's just a lot of options I think the Saints have with this, so, and I mean, they've Any done that a little going to lose their starter, it would be the Saints, because they have the versatility mm-hmm. to be okay. Yeah, 
I think Sean Payton's a good enough coach to be able to work around this. And I think overall, the Saints are still probably going to win the division. All they got to do is win a couple more games and they've got it. I mean, they've beaten their rival twice. So side note, say for argument's sake that Drew Brees is really only out three games. The Saints next three games are against the Falcons at the Broncos and at the Falcons. Those three teams are beatable without Drew Brees. Even the game after that, they're at the Eagles, beatable. Now, the game after that, they're playing the Chiefs at home. If he's not back by then, they're probably done for in that game. And then they play the Vikings and the Panthers. But for argument's sake, you could reasonably say that if Drew Brees is out four weeks, that they could go 4-0 because they're not really playing anyone good. I mean, I talked Mm -hmm. about the Broncos earlier. They're not good. We already know the Falcons are really good at blowing leads. And the Eagles are the Eagles. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. We um I think those are very winnable games for the Saints. So I think you're right about that. You could see them go on a run. They may I think if they were gonna lose Breeze, this would be the time to do it. I mean, not that you want that to happen, but I think this is okay for them and they'll be fine. So um but yeah. Next, we've got our game picks. Dun, so, dun, dun. so I was pointed out by a friend that my picks didn't go so well last week. Um, and it showed in the scoreboard, Chelsea is beating me 21 correct picks to my 14 correct picks. Ooh. So I'm looking to make a comeback this week. I was down three last week. Now I'm down seven. So I think we can make a comeback this time. I realize now I'm like, why did I pick some of the teams that I did for these games? Like I picked the Bengals to beat the Steelers. I just for some (laughs) reason thought, and then that didn't happen. I was like, what was I thinking there? But we've got our picks in. So our first game we've got here are the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Um, Chelsea, who you got? Cardinals just came off a big win. Seattle has proven that they're beatable. Russell Wilson's turned it over like seven times in the last two or three games. I think the Cardinals are going to go back in and shock the Seahawks. All right. I could see it. I But I'm going with the Seahawks. I think they've had a rough couple week games or they haven't played well in the past few weeks. So I'm going to go with them. I think they'll bounce back this game. I think Russ is going to get cooking again. And I think DK will have a bounce back game. I think this will be a good game, though. Um, even though they lost to the Cardinals the first time. I think this will be a tight game, but I got the Seahawks coming out of this one. So, Next, Next game, we got Steelers at the Jags. Who you got, Chris? I have the Steelers. I'm not picking the upset this time, but if the Jags win this game, I will be pissed. I'll be like, Same. really? <laughs> be like, I, you couldn't have lost last week when I picked against you. But, I mean, the Jags aren't awful. They've beaten the Colts. They put up a game against the Packers. I'm sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I think the Jags might surprise people and make this close. And the Steelers have played down to their competition before. Look at the Cowboys game. Um, I mean, they didn't. You know, A lot of people expected that to be a blowout, but it was a, that game was one play away from being an all time upset. So, yeah. But I got the Steelers. This week, I'm going with the Steelers. I feel like that's all I need to say. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. 
Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, next game we got Lions at Panthers. Who you got, Chelsea? Panthers are taking on the Lions at home. I don't know if McCaffrey is going to be back for this game. I'm not sure. I think there may be a chance, but I still got the Panthers. I think that the Lions will try their best, but I think that somehow the Panthers will go off again offensively and drop like 28, even though their offense shouldn't be able to do that. So I got the Panthers. I'm going with the Panthers in this game too. I I think the Lions, like they can put up close games, but I don't think they're that great of a team. I am I'm not sure about Teddy Bridgewater's health though. Um he had a bit of oh, a true. knee injury. So we don't know if he's gonna be starting this game. But hold the phone. If he doesn't start, does that mean Will Greer starts? It'll probably be PJ Walker. Oh, they should start Will Greer, but that's another argument. Yeah, I, I'll be interested to see if P.J. Walker starts. He had a couple snaps against the Falcons, but he threw a couple passes. I mean, they didn't get completed, but, I mean, he was thrown in a rain game in, in the middle of the game because Bridgewater was hurt. So we'll see what he actually looks like if he gets some time for prep. Um, but the next game we have here are the Patriots and Texans. So I have the Patriots for this game. I think the Texans just aren't very good. I think Deshaun Watson is good, but I think overall that the Patriots, they've just come off a couple of good wins, even though one was against the Jets. Hey, they won the game. And then against Baltimore, they had a good win. I think they can win this game and get get them back up to 500. So I'm going with the Patriots this week, not because I like them, but because the Texans may be even worse without Bill O'Brien, if that's even possible. I do like Deshaun. I think he'll have a few touchdowns. I think that is all that will happen. How they are worse without Bill Bryan just proves to me how bad they really are. Someone trade Deshaun Watson. He needs a new team. Uh, maybe we, we've we really talked about the Texans a lot today. I think next week we just need a Texans section. I think we're going to make that happen. So be looking for that next week all you Texan fans or non-Texan fans who just like to or hear people about who care about the Texans or people like me who like to harp on Bill O'Brien. Exactly. Or just people who like hearing about other people's suffering and. Oh know, yeah. Hey, none of it's personal. We're just talking about what, what we see from the Texans anyways. So that'll be next week. But for our next game we have here, is the Titans at Ravens. I think this could be a good game. Talk about a rough game after that Colts game to have to go to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I think both of these teams are coming off of a loss, but I'm going with the Ravens. I think they'll bounce back in this one, and I think Lamar will play better. I think their running game will look better. They won't be quite as sloppy as they were. Hopefully it won't be as rainy. So that's who I got. I got the Ravens too. I think the... Titans are going to be exposed again. I think Derrick Henry will have 100-plus yards, as he always does. But I I think the Titans are going to get exposed again by another good team. We will see if that actually happens, but it would not surprise me if it did. It also wouldn't surprise me if it didn't, but I do think that they will not play well. Who knows? We'll see. All right, we got Eagles at Browns. Who you got, Chelsea? A thriller. Woo. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns because the NFC East is just really bad. 
and I don't trust picking an NFC East team to win a game unless they're playing against another NFC East team. Browns have shown flashes this year. They may still make the playoffs. They may, they may not. They lost Odell, but Nick Chubb is back. I think Nick Chubb has a massive game. I think Kareem Hunt has a lot of passing yards from wide receiver screens, and I think that they thoroughly thrash the Eagles, even though I want to like the Eagles. I just don't think they're going to win. I think that's a fair assessment. I'm going with the Browns in this one. They just came off of another win. And, you know, even though it was a close game and maybe it was ugly, it was pretty bad weather for them. So they had a weather delay in that in last Sunday's game. So I think, though, that the Browns will win this game. I think they're a good team. And I think they'll make the playoffs this year. And... I think Who would this think is, that we'd ever pick the Browns to win a game? That's shocking. Mate, that's crazy. But I'm going with the Browns in this one. I do think Chubb will have a good game, and I think their offense will play well, and I think their defense is good enough to stop the Eagles. So next game we have the Falcons at Saints. I'm going with the Saints in this one. Um, as we talked about earlier in the show, I think the Saints have enough weapons on offense and defense to win to win this game and I don't think the Falcons are very good this year so there you go I'm with you there I think they can still beat the Falcons without Drew Brees and they're playing at home yeah well next game we have the Bengals and are they who are at Washington yep I got Washington for this one I think that Washington the upset Whoever thought picking against the Bengals would be an upset? Is this really an upset? Like I feel I mean, like it is. Because honestly, Washington hasn't looked terrible. Their running game has looked decent. and But, I mean, I don't think they're an awful team. I just think that, I mean, the Bengals just aren't good either. So, honestly, I feel like this one's kind of a toss-up, in my opinion. But I agree. But, yeah. What do you think, Chelsea? I'm picking... The Bengals. I think Joey B and T. Higgins are going to go off for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns, and I think that two touchdowns could potentially be enough to beat Washington. So we will see. But <laughs> I got I got the Bengals. I think the Bengals need a win, and I think they're playing a good team to beat. Go Bengals. Well, there you go. Well, our next game, we have the Jets at Chargers. I'm going to be honest. I wanted to go with the Jets because I don't think the Chargers are very good. <laughs> they've, but they've, because they've blown so many leads. It's really, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but it's really funny because the Chargers and Falcons are playing each other this year. And I'm just yeah. like, wow, that, that'll be a game for the ages. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm the one with the Chargers on this one. Justin Herbert's legit. I mean, they had a semi-close game against the Dolphins. They've had close games against like everyone in the league. So, um, but I think they're better than the Jets. So I'm going with the Chargers. I, for one, will say I'm going to be real mad if the Jets win this game because I'm picking the Chargers. I think that Herbert is going to decimate the Chargers secondary. And I think everyone else on the Chargers will probably not be that good, except for Keenan Allen and their running back, because they're pretty good. I do think that if the Chargers had a better offense and a better team in general, that they'd probably be like six and three because they've lost so many close games. But 
The Jets are bad. But as I talked about a few weeks ago, they still have spunk. They almost beat the Patriots. So, yes, are they bad? Yes. Is Adam Gase bad? Yes. But are they out? No. But I still think they're going to lose. Yeah. So Sorry, Jets. Sorry, Jets. Yeah, this will be an interesting one, to say the least. So, next game we have the Dolphins at Broncos. I'm going with the Dolphins. Broncos had a rough game last week. I mean, five turnovers. Just looked bad. Dolphins have been looking good. So, I'm going with them. Yeah, I'm going with the Dolphins. I think that Tua has a really good game. That's all I have. I think they only need Tua to win. (laughs) I think that's fair. Next, we have Cowboys at Vikings. I think this is a four o'clock game, which I think is kind of Of course it is. It means (laughs) it'll be nationally televised because these are exactly the games the people want to see on national TV. I mean, yeah, yeah, we love the Vikings. So, (laughs) no, it's... Cowboys, they're they're gonna get on TV. Mostly referring so. to the NFC yeah. East, yeah, not I, the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like the like the Cowboys and Eagles getting a Sunday night game when like, who planned this? <laughs> I I don't know, and I'm like, can we please flex these games a little bit more? Anyways, I'm going with the Vikings. They've won a couple games that have been solid wins for them. Dalvin Cook's been playing well. Kirk Cousins has looked decent. Um, and so I think that they're going to pull this game out. The Cowboys just aren't very good. Apparently, Andy Dalton is back in full practice now. So good. they could put up a decent game. I don't know if they'll go with Gilbert or Dalton. We'll see what happens. I could see if Dalton's not playing well, they go with Gil- back to Gilbert. But we'll see. This week, I am also going to Vikings. I think that Dalvin Cook is going to run all over Jerry Jones and his team for many, many yards. Start him this week. Well, there you go. There. And so the next game we got here, the Packers at Colts. So I'm going with the Colts. I picked them. I hope you're happy, Chelsea. Finally, but... someone. <laughs> um, they ha- just had a good win. And I think the Packers, they struggled a little bit against the Jags. I think they're, I know they're Jags still going to be the favorite. Jags almost beat them. Team. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know it's football. Things happen every Sunday. It's something, something crazy happens. But um, I think the Colts are going to pull this one out. I think that they have a good enough defense to do it. And like I said, if they can keep the game within one score, I think that they can potentially win this game. So I'm going with them. As I told my dad earlier this week, if Jacksonville can barely lose to them by four, the Colts should be able to beat them because Jacksonville is not that good. And all you people who are going to go in the comments and say, Jacksonville beat the Colts, I don't want to hear it. Don't don't try it. I don't want to hear it. But I think that if the Colts play the way that they've been playing on defense, because Big storyline for the Colts. We will possibly be getting Kamoko Toure back this week, who I know none of you know who that is. But we drafted him not too long ago, a couple of years, and he is very good. And he was on IR because he had a terribly, terribly bad ankle injury last season, and he hasn't played. But he's been working his way back, and he's very good. So I think if we get him, our pass rush could be all over the place, even though their line is pretty good with Bakhtari and everyone else they have on it. But 
I think we can get at least one sack because we got Buckner. So, I mean, he's pretty good. But if the Colts can play the way they've been playing on defense and if Philip Rivers doesn't go bad Philip Rivers and turn the ball over, I think that we can win. I mean, double-team Devontae Adams, stop Aaron Jones with Darius Leonard and get Michael Pittman and T.Y. involved. And hopefully Jonathan Taylor has a breakout game because he really needs a big game because some people are starting to think he might bust. I don't think that's the case. I think he got thrown in to the starting role as the Colts when he was supposed to do a two-team running back system with Mack, and then Mack went out and they threw him in the starting role. And I don't think he was ready. But really need him to have a big game, so I can't can't give up hope on you, Jonathan. But, yeah. So, hopefully the Colts will pull out the win. I'm going to go with the Colts because we're playing at home. Not that that really means anything anymore. But we do have some fans that are allowed in the game. So... I'm going with the Colts, but it would not surprise me if it was close. I don't think it'll be a blowout. Yeah. So it'll be a good game. I think it'll be an interesting one and I think it'll be close. So next game we have the Chiefs at the Raiders. So I'm going with the Chiefs. I think even though the Raiders beat them once, I don't think that can that the Chiefs will let that happen again. I think they're just legit. So they just came off of a bye week. So in a lot of ways, they probably should win this game. They've had extra time to prepare most of the time. I heard this story that a lot of players tend to, on their bye weeks, go on vacation, go somewhere. They can't do that this year. So I think um, I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I'm with you. I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I do think it will be close because the Raiders, they did go into Kansas City and beat them, and the Raiders are playing at home. Like I said, that doesn't mean too much this year because of COVID and all the regulations. But I think it'll be close. I think that if the I think if the Raiders can have a 125 yard plus rushing day, that they could have a chance to to go in and beat the Chiefs again. But I don't think they will. I think Patrick Mahomes knows how to take them this time. He'll probably have a couple of touchdowns. So, I mean, I think that they'll go in and beat the Raiders, but I do not think it'll be a blowout. A blowout. I don't think that the Raiders are pushovers. All right. I respect that. I think it could be close, and you are right. The Raiders have been playing well recently. Our last game we have here is the Rams at the Bucks. So, I'm going with the Bucks on this one. They just pretty much beat the crap out of the Panthers in their last game. They've, so, I think they've picked things back up. And if they can continue to just get in sync, I really think if they can get that receiving core in sync and just get things going and the running game too, if they can just get that offense clicking and consistent, I think they're going to win this game. They've only, they've lost three games, but two of them have been to the same team. Um, You can say that's good or bad. However you want to look at it. Although something my dad pointed out earlier was that the bucks haven't played that well in late night primetime games. So we'll see what happens on this one. I am also going with the Bucks this week, but I do think it'll be close. The Rams, they played decently this week, and I think that they are due for a really big win because people have kind of written them off because they haven't played that well. But I do think the Bucks will still win, but it would not surprise me at all if the Rams won. I think that it'll be close. Probably within one score to 10 points close. Not like two points, but within a score, 10 points. I think that it could be a close game if Goff comes out and performs. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens to the Rams. I think that, you know, 
they just had a good win last week. And so, yeah, we could, I could see them winning this game, but I think that's all we have for today. So thanks for listening, everyone. Tune back in next week for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LCF, all caps there, um, football. So LCF and then football, I guess you can say, and, and then underscore. And then we have an Instagram and YouTube at, at Launch Codes Football. And so I'm Chris. And I'm Chelsea. And we'll see you next week. Bye.